0: Epilogues Diverging Paths 64 AR The dreams had called for them, from the now-ruined monastery, and from the glass-paved lands of Yodia, from the abandoned wreckage of Tumakul, and from hidden places within the old coastal kingdoms. They brought with them their inventions, their devices, and their notes on the nature of magic. The dreams beckoned them to the secret heart of the Thran, to the caverns of Koilos, and they obeyed. They dug out the passage where it caved in. They buried the bodies they found there and made a reliquary for the great demon's arm they found, internally twitching at the foot of the dais. They repaired the machines as best they were able to, guided by the old knowledge and by their dreams. At last, they were finished, and now they placed the broken and fading power crystals in their holders, touching the glyphs as they'd been instructed. The machines hummed and sputtered and came to a slow, flickering life. Slowly, the air pushed and a swirling pool appeared a gateway into the promised lands beyond. Through that gate came a long mechanical arm, tipped with talent, made to the one that they had ventured as the Arm of Gix. The arm beckoned to them and withdrew back into its own lands. and a voice rang out from the gate. Enter, my children, it said. Enter and taste paradise. Smiling, the priest of the Brotherhood of Gix stepped into the gateway and entered Phyrexia, What had once been a verdant coastline was now washed with debris. The float, sand of great trees, and the jetsam of huge boulders had been driven miles into the shore, creating a blasted region along the shore, devoid of life. Among the wreckage was a large metal box, seven feet in length, three feet in width and height. It had weathered the destruction and came to rest among the other far flung remains of what had been Argoth. Urza stood along the box and pressed his hand against the lid. The box's top slid along its casters revealing the slumbering form of his former apprentice. Taunus took a breath, then sat bolt upright, gasping for air. His face was pale, and he was covered with dead skin that he flaked off, but had nowhere to go within his confinement. Urza waited for Taunus to regain his composure, standing as patient as a statue. Taunus took a deep breath, held it, then took a second one. Then, he looked around at the devastation that surrounded him. It's over, said Urza sitting on the edge of the box. Tono gulped and looked around. This was the safest hiding place I could think of, he said. Urza did not reply. Tono said, Your brother? Dead, said Urza. "I," He shook his head. The demon, the Phyrexian, killed my brother long ago. I never realized it. Where are we? asked Tono's. Urza looked around him and sighed, deeply. The southern coast of Yodia. Tanos blinked. It has changed. The world has changed, said Urza. Because of what we did. Because of what I did. Tanos climbed out of the box, and Urza helped him. Tanos felt weak from his incarceration, and rubbed his arms and legs, both to shake off the dead skin, and to restore circulation. It was cold on the shore, colder than Tanos remembered it as a youth. I need one last task from you, my former student, said Urza. Name it, said Taunos. I want you to go west. Find the remains of the Union, the scholars of the Ivory Towers. Tell them what happened here. Tell them what we did, and what we failed to do. See to it that they do not do the same. I trust you to do this. Taunos looked at the older man, but it seemed to him that Urza was no longer old. His hair was blonde again, and his shoulders straight, but his eyes were old beyond years, and pain beyond mortal hurt. You can always trust me, said Tanos. Where are you going? Urza turned from his former pupil. Away, he said after a short while. I am going away. It looks as if we could use our help here, said Thanos. Urza made a noise that Thanos thought was a nervous laugh. I don't think the land could survive any more of my help. I need to, I need to go away and think by myself, where I will not harm others. Thanos nodded and said, I don't know if there's any place that far away. Urza shook his head, and said, There are places far beyond the land of Teresior, far beyond the world of Dominaria. When I poured my memories into the Silex, I saw them. I see many things that I had never seen before. He turned back to Taunus, and the Master Scholar saw Urza's eyes. They were no longer human eyes, but rather two gemstones, radiating with a cascade of multicolored hues. Green, white, Red, black, and blue. Mightstone and Weakstone reunited at last within the surviving brother. The image was only for an instant, then Urza's eyes were normal again. Urza smiled. I must go away, he repeated. Thanos nodded, and the man with the human crystalline eyes stood. You have long been a student, said Urza. Now go be a teacher. As he spoke, Urza began to fade from view. Slowly... The color drained from him, leaving only outlines. Then, they faded too. Teach them of our triumphs and our mistakes, said a distant voice. And tell Kayla to remember me not as you were, but as you tried to be, finished Taunos. But he was speaking to empty space. Urza had passed from the world into greater worlds that only his crystalline eyes could see. Tanos looked around him, but there was no sign of life. He struck inland hoping to get past the worst of the devastation before he had to travel west. He recognized no familiar landmarks, and he had the feeling that he would not for a long time. Taunos wondered how bad the devastation truly was. And as Taunos walked inland, he was greeted by the first flakes of snow drifting down by a chill wind. This was The Brothers War by Jeff Grubb, read to you by Coach from the Carbazaar YouTube channel. You can find more unofficial magic audiobooks such as J. Robert King's The Thran along with other Magic the Gathering videos by subscribing to The Carbazaar and following the Twitter page by going to CC.